0: The, the art of great conversation is the most important tool that a salesperson has. It's the most important tool that uh, any business person has is the ability to communicate an idea with clarity and conviction.
1: You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence, And achieve success in business and in life. This podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 61 of the podcast. I am your host, Christina Canters. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I learned a new song on the ukulele last night and I'm excited to share it with you today. So listen to the end of the episode for that one. Okay. I have an awesome guest for you this week. I'm speaking with Marcus West, who is the founder of 60 Seconds, an app that helps salespeople to write and practice their elevator or sales pitch, refine it, and receive feedback on their pitch from their team leader or coach. You know how I'm always encouraging you to practice your elevator pitch as much as you can? And if you've attended one of my workshops, you'll know how valuable it is to practice and receive this feedback on how you're communicating. So you're always tweaking your pitch to make it more and more effective. Well, this app, 60 Seconds, allows you to record yourself delivering your elevator pitch, and then you can send it to your colleagues or your presentation coach for feedback, which is pretty cool, right? We'll be talking a bit more about that in the interview. Now, Marcus himself is an expert on the topic of sales, pitching, and performance. He has a background in theatre, and his company, Inscription, has been scripting, pitching, and financing compelling stories for Australian theatre, film, and TV for over 18 years. And he uses this background to inform his own work in presentation coaching. So he works with CEOs and their firms around Australia, including KPMG, Deloitte, and Westpac, as well as politicians and barristers to help them present their message with punch. He's also a talent coach with various TV stations, working with reporters and presenters on their own presentation and storytelling skills. See why I got him on the show? Mm Mm-hmm. So in this conversation, we talk about pitching, what people do wrong, how they can be more effective. We talk about what you can learn from TV news reporters and also why you should, in fact, take yourself seriously and why we as Australians are particularly bad at it. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash Marcus. That's M-A-R-C-U-S. Alrighty. Let's get to it. Enjoy this one with Marcus West.
0: In 20 years of coaching people uh, to present, which I still enjoy and still do a lot of, uh, I think probably one of the greatest frustrations was that people uh, would glean uh, particular areas where they could improve what they were doing, but they wouldn't necessarily uh, work on those as they moved forward they would sort of accept that they needed to do a b and c and then they would just go back to doing what they were doing before so i sort of thought well we have to develop a way that we can introduce some accountability uh and do it in a way that's fun and so that was the sort of initial uh vision that we had for this and then we uh, you know spent Two and a half years building it and uh, trialling it on more than a thousand people and uh, getting their feedback and doing more uh, things to uh, to improve and make it more intuitive and that's where we are now and you know we can see the benefits that people are deriving uh, mm. those people who do genuinely engage in a in a sustained and meaningful fashion in uh, you know, a in a consistent way.
1: So what's the what's the main thing that you're finding people are getting out of it?
0: Well I think sales managers or coaches or mentors whatever uh, expression uh, you you want to use they're finding the ability to coach their people really valuable in a in a, in a light touch but meaningful way so the, you know the job of a of a mentor or a coach is to establish where uh, their people are, uh, you know, demonstrating weakness and then they need to set a range of tasks based on that weakness which target it and uh, help them uh, to improve uh, uh, upon where they are now over time based on tasks set. So I think that's been the real benefit. People have gone, right, well, such and such is is great at engaging and building rapport with the client, but they're really not very good at having that difficult conversation at the end where they need to close the business. And uh, so we're going to set them a task each month for the next six months to have that conversation. And then in between that, they can actually practice it and develop it and work away and rehearse. And that's, uh, that's kind of where we've seen the, the, the real benefit for people.
1: So many people need that, not, not even salespeople, but anyone who's working in their business to, to influence other people and having those conversations with clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, we've, uh, it's interesting because we've, this, this product's been used by very high end, uh, Corporations that, uh, develop, uh, partners for professional services firms that earn lots of money. And, uh, you know, they, they tend to think that the word sales is a bit of a dirty word, you know. They only engage in things like, uh, you know, influencing or business development and things of that nature, not sales. But of course, uh, you know, I think that's all really a matter of semantics. Cause as you know, it doesn't really matter what, uh, the conversation is if somebody uh, is able to uh, deliver their idea or to mount an argument or to uh, or to to share something in a way that captures the listener's imagination then uh, ultimately uh, that that's the name of the game really it doesn't matter whether you call it sales business development or anything else it's uh, it's about saying something in a way that helps the audience remember it
1: In terms of your background, I know you have a a theatre background, is that correct?
0: Yeah, so um, I uh, grew up with a family of educators. My dad was a headmaster for 20 years and so I was around um, education and teaching and I went into teaching for 10 years. I was head of drama at two schools and always had a strong interest in theatre and script writing and storytelling specifically. And then... um, I just decided uh in in the early 2000s that it might be uh, you know worth my while going out on my own and using the the background of the theater the voice training the body language the script writing the storytelling and just moving that over into a different context and uh and still teaching people but I guess uh you know coaching adults who uh you know probably uh, had more motivation to listen potentially than uh, than than kids who were 13 or 14 <laughs> and were more interested in sport or girls or whatever else you know. <laughs>
1: When did you realize that those skills were transferable and applicable to professionals people in you know corporate environments Yeah
0: look I always you know I think I always um, subconsciously recognized the the significance of of being able to give a, a commanding performance from from a very early age um i guess it was just a matter of working out the 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 language and the positioning of the offering to a corporate client uh so that they could um so that it didn't seem like it was too long a bow to draw because i think sometimes if you're too Theatrical in the offering and the language that you use, that can be, uh, you know, it can be a turn off to some clients because they want to be, you know, focused on results and objectives and KPIs. And, you know, they want the language to be a little bit different, potentially not as flamboyant. That's, that's a massive generalization, but that's generally what I find. So it's a matter of taking those principles. And, you know, as Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. So I think that that element of performance is is unquestionable but it's just a matter of how you frame it and position it for a client who you know has to make money and engage with uh, you know their clients and do business you know because obviously that's uh, you know to a certain extent uh, you know a serious undertaking
1: <laughs> absolutely i actually i've had this discussion with a couple of people before where we have talked about when when is it okay or not okay to use jargon when you're Selling to corporates, like in terms of speaking their language. Mm. And I realised that what, what we do, it's, it's essentially engagement, right? Yeah. Which is helping people engage with each other. I, that's something I discovered fairly recently, cause I was calling it talk, like helping you talk, talk to each other better, yes. which is what it is. Yeah. But I was like, no, that's not. But that's not the language they use. They use the word engagement.
0: You know? Yeah, look, I mean, language is a language is a wonderful thing. I mean, I, and you you raise a real, um, you know, I would say pet topic of uh, of mine. And um, I'm a great hater of uh, of jargon and management speak. And I like people to speak in a way that's simple and clear. And in fact, in my experience of working uh, in corporations. The more senior you go, the, the 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 greater clarity and simplicity people speak with. So your, your CEOs and so forth—they they've just gone through all that middle management stuff. They've come out the other end. They realise that you know five minutes or ten minutes is a lot of their time because they're very pressed, and so they they they're more direct. They're more straightforward, and you know where you stand. And I think that's kind of a. That's kind of a skill that uh, people really need to work on and develop, I think, and not. And, and there's a certain there's a certain uh, element within us, I think, that uh, we're a bit afraid of being too direct, you know. So we often hide behind language, you know, and language becomes something that uh, obfuscates rather than illuminates, and uh, that's something that should be avoided at all costs.
1: Where does that come from? That fear of being too direct?
0: Oh, I think you know the Australian. Uh context i think is is a very interesting one i mean having worked in um you know just a little a little a little story uh having worked in the channel 7 newsroom for uh, a number of years a lot of the TV reporters and and talent, on-air talent in the Sydney newsroom were from Adelaide, and a lot of these uh, young men and women had a lot of confidence about the way they delivered and did business. And so I began to think about Adelaide versus Sydney. And, you know, my view is Adelaide, of course, doesn't have any, any convict beginnings at all. Sydney has course convict beginnings. So I think there's a Australia as a nation does have a have have a bit of a confidence issue, a bit of a bit of a chip on the shoulder um you know not in a really nasty way but i think we just have difficulty taking ourselves seriously in fact taking yourself seriously is one of one of the great sins uh, unless of course you play sport in which you can uh, which in which case you can take yourself very seriously then but uh, in all other contexts one must uh, you know be constantly uh, taking the mickey out of oneself which I think's great in one respect, but I do think it, it's sort of we, we're selling ourselves short, you know. And I think people, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking yourself seriously. You know, you don't have to be abrasive. You just have to put your game face on from time to time, and uh, you know, and uh, put your best foot forward, and and there, and there's nothing wrong with that, mm. you know, to me. And the people that make a success of themselves in a corporate context are those ones that make the choice to do so to take themselves seriously. Absolutely.
1: Going back to the pitch, so how people pitch themselves, Mm. what do you see are the biggest mistakes that people make?
0: I think I think um first of all they they uh well the language might be one. They use language that's a bit confusing and a bit bit uh bit jargony. Um the timing of a pitch is really, really important too. So I think a lot of people, when they're really excited about a product that they've developed themselves, they just you know um sort of like a whirling dervish you know go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting just with this information pouring out of them you know but as they get a little bit uh, more astute you know they they try to think about you know actually what what that person's interest is and how potentially the thing that they've got might be able to solve a problem for uh, for that particular person so you know that's a sort of basic uh, uh, sort of thing of the sales conversation. So I think the ability to understand the timing of when you're going to deliver the pitch, mm. ideally when you've listened to the person first and you might want to adjust the pitch slightly so that it hits home a little bit more effectively. And then I think just that, that, uh, piece around, um, the, the execution, um, vocally taking your time. I think people can tend to, tend to rush. Um, You've got to remember that when you're delivering a pitch, it's the first time most probably that that particular person has heard what you've got to say. So don't be afraid to keep it quite sort of fundamental and straightforward. Mm. Don't rush into kind of the detail too much. Keep it very high end. I mean, ideally, an elevator pitch is about uh, creating a, a question or curiosity, firing the imagination of the listener. It's not about... Uh, exhaustively uh, exploring and delivering the idea. That can come later. You know, you want to get the second meeting. That's the point of an an elevator pitch. You want the person to go, hmm, that's interesting. I want to hear more.
1: Can we go a little bit deeper into that? Mm. So in terms of sparking that interest, Mm. getting them to want to learn more, want a second meeting, what are your tips for being able to do that?
0: Well, I think you, you can't beat... Um, talking to the right person, you know. So I think if you can do some research on who the right person is and you can do some research on, on the pain, as they say, that that person has, you know, what's their, what's keeping them up at night, as they say, you know, um, where, where are they losing money or where, you know, what's their greatest problem? And then if your uh, idea or solution or offering can help alleviate that in some way, then you're you're really you know you 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 you're stepping off in the right spot, and I think you know often we can try and pitch a product to somebody, and their ears aren't really going to be open because they're not the right person. We've got something you know it's worth doing it. It's definitely worth practicing the pitch that you've got, but I think if you can think about who that ideal person would be and how you're going to help them. And I think they're the kind of, uh, the, the, the key ingredients to go with it. And then the, I mean, the other thing to me is I, I, I think rehearsing and then road testing a pitch is really important because, um, you need to have your own sense of, uh, what you want to say, but you also want to get feedback, not from too many people. Cause then you can get confused and fractured and you end up saying really nothing. <laughs> um, but you know, probably three or four key people who can give you some, you know, um, straightforward advice, and then you can tighten up from there and give it a go, and then tighten it again. It's very much an iterative process. But I do think in the end that you've got to instinctually um, stick to what you think the offering is, because if in the end you end up uh, uh, in a pitching uh, what somebody else wants you to pitch, then you're gonna you're gonna lose what's probably one of the most critical elements of, of a pitch, which is uh, passion.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I work with individuals who, they're not necessarily salespeople going into an organization, but they are, they're individuals who are out and about at networking events, conferences, whatever, being asked, what do you do? And then they have to deliver their personal, their, their overall business elevator pitch and explain sure. what they do. And of course they're passionate about what they do and they love it. But as soon as it becomes that, oh. Elevator pitch, all the passion just sort of gets sucked out of it because mm. they're f- so focused on what they're actually saying and they, mm. and they lose that, that passion.
0: Yeah. Now, and I think you've got to, it's a bit like it's a, to bring, to bring back, to reintroduce the idea of performance. I think, mm. uh, you know, uh, a comedian, for example, will, will road test a joke and then, you know, adjust it and then road test it again. And then, when they're actually in the in the process of delivering and engaging the audience in that moment, they give the impression of speaking off the cuff, but they're not speaking off the cuff. they're working on something that's really been you know iteratively developed, and in the same way uh, a sales pitch needs to uh, look like it's something that the person just thought of
2: mm.
0: you know and um it's something that has that kind of quality of uh, freshness to it, which I think is really important.
1: How else does your theatre, performance, drama background influence the way that you coach people now?
0: Well, I think, you know, on, if we, if we look, if we look at it from two different uh, perspectives, you've obviously got your, your, your training and your, uh, uh, your, your execution, your delivery part, and then you've got your, your content part. And it's about how you bring those two together. And, um, you know, in terms of theatre, uh, I'm always giving clients, uh, pieces of text to work on because I think, you know, saying words out loud, uh, is a very, very useful exercise and beginning to explore the certain qualities of language and how your voice sounds and to really just speak with a little bit more, um, crispness. I think you know, super important. So um, this is,
1: this yes. is text outside. So yep. nothing to do with nothing what they're actually
0: pitching. That. Okay. No, I think it's like um, to me. I think working on text like Shakespeare or uh, or poetry or political speeches or something that's actually got absolutely nothing to do with uh, with your sales pitch. I think's yeah. really nice way to uh, to think about um, how to speak because it's a bit like. If you're a musician playing Mozart, and if you can play play a bit of Shakespeare vocally, then that's going to kind of warm you up, and it's going to keep your ear attuned to language and, and and possibility and delivery. And if you can deliver a really hard piece of Shakespeare, then then giving life to a to a speech that you've written yourself is quite straightforward.
1: Yeah, and you were saying um, the second part is con- uh, the. The delivery or the content? Yeah.
0: So the delivery. So that, so I mean, the, the, the content to me is how you, is, is how you pull, you know, your, your ideas together and structure and turn a phrase and those sorts of things are very important, uh, for content. But then I think you've got to be able to draw a line between the content and the delivery. And that is going to be. Um, you know, that kind of, that sort of passion and that sort of urgency and, and compulsion, uh, that you should have for sharing your idea or your story. And so when you've got that content right and you're passionate about that material, then, you know, the, the delivery part I find, uh, you know, really tends to not entirely take care of itself because you're always going to need a little bit of sort of polish, but, um, if you get the get the message right and you think about the audience and why you want to tell them in that moment and you've got your, your intention really clear then naturally I find that the body language and the voice and the eye contact and all that sort of stuff tends to kind of take care of itself and uh, that's that's exciting I think when there's that when there's a disconnect between the content and the audience and the, and, the, and the storyteller, that's when you end up with something that might be a bit dry or kind of slightly misses the mark or, you know, is, is, is not terribly inspiring. You
1: know. A previous guest who I interviewed on this show, she her name is Natalie, she was talking about how she was explaining something simple, similar but she says that it's like you see the bottom drop out of yeah. someone's speech and it's yeah. like they're completely disconnected from what they're actually saying. Yeah. And it's like they're floating along the top mm-hmm. that fully – Engaging yep. with with the content. No, no,
0: I agree. I definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Just on that, um, on, on that, I think so. A lot of the coaching that I did in television for TV reporters mm. and uh, TV newsreaders was a lot to do with uh, the connection between content and the voice. So there's an expression that voice coaches have, which is uh, about connecting uh, the the thought to the breath. So as you breathe in, you think of the idea, and then you, you you connect those two together so that when the sound comes out, it it matches the words, it matches the idea. And um if you listen to TV reporting, particularly if you happen to be, say, on holidays in a regional area, then you'll notice that they start the sentence like that and then they finish it like that. Or if they're doing sport, they'll talk a bit like this. And so they develop these weird kind of sounds, potentially you know some sort of uh, DNA thing that's floated through from the BBC to the ABC to you know all Australian reporters on television and uh, they develop this sort of um, tonal kind of quality which is very distracting to message because okay. you can't actually you've got to get through the sound before you can actually engage with the content. We all know we can hear the news from miles away. You know we can hear the quality of the way that people talk. It's not like anything else, particularly. So I think those kind of that—that's an interesting lesson about that idea of how we can connect our breath to the idea.
1: I haven't heard of that one before. Mm. Connecting the breath to the idea. You're totally right. Well, the news readers do sound the same.
0: Well, if you well if you think about the 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 breath to the idea that the probably the most famous um, exponent or coach uh, of this idea is a lady called Patsy Rodenberg who wrote a very famous book called The Need for Speech and she talks about the idea of vocal impulse or that sort of sense of uh, urgency for wanting to tell a story or say something or express a point of view. And uh so, you know, she says that I mean my my sort of anecdote that I use is if you're at a dinner party and you had a you know a few glasses of wine and somebody says something that you really vehemently disagree with, you find that the thought comes to you, you draw breath, your core sort of engages, you're sitting up and you're you're sort of cocked and ready, lips parted, you're taking a breath, you're ready to speak. And that is I believe, and that's what Patsy Rodenberg calls vocal impulse, that's what I believe good speakers are able to create artificially because what they do is they think about their audience sitting in front of them. They, they run through their story and they work out why it's important to the audience there and why they need to tell it. And then in the few moments before they get up to speak, they, they kind of get their head into the right space of why this is important that I share this with you at this moment in time. Mm. And, uh, that's when you end up with, with that kind of nice connection between audience and speaker.
1: Yeah. That would work really nicely as a, as a visualization mm. exercise, like breathing in, like even before a presentation, like breathing, take, I encourage people to breathe anyway, take some deep breaths to calm
0: sure. their nerves. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that, yeah. that would
1: be great. You know, breathing in, you know, the importance of this speech, like what's, what's the depth? Behind
0: yeah, yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: and then as you speak, then. Bringing that out, that's it. That message, that's
0: it. Hundred percent.
1: So good. So going back to sixty seconds, the app. Oh. I remember we spoke when we spoke a while ago. It, you were developing what you had been developed for sales managers to be using within their teams, but you were talking about developing a version of it for individuals as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Can you and, tell me
1: more about what's happening with that?
0: Yeah, so look, there are essentially four four parts to what the solution offers. Uh, there's the app for the individual to rehearse. There's the sort of manager dashboard for the manager or the mentor to coach their team. There's the sharing part where all the great video resources are kept that people can engage with and have a conversation around and borrow scripts and things like that. And then the last part is where the management can analyse the data. But what we want to... Uh, roll out, and this will probably be in early August or late July, is the standalone version of the app, which individuals will be able to use to develop their sales pitches and it's got a whole lot of functionality around the way that you script it it's got an auto cue that scrolls it's got a person that looks at you it's got a little bit of sort of cute functionality which helps you to kind of generate a stronger more compelling performance and so that's something that uh, that we'll have ready uh, in in late July and um, something that we'll be able to uh to share with uh, you know individuals to be able to help them uh, improve their presentation skills
1: sounds awesome yeah is there a little the little person that looks at you. Do they give you feedback when you? Yeah. Do they go, oh, "That was great." Well, what
0: they what they do <laughs> is we 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 had an actor um, uh, essentially listen to a pitch and to look straight down the camera and to sort of listen to the pitch and and kind of smile and nod at key moments and that's pretty much what she does because my experience of coaching people for for television is that they they don't um, they can't. Really engage with just an inanimate object. Whereas if they've got a person looking back at them, like FaceTime, then, you know, they kind of think, Mm. oh, I'll have a conversation with him or with her. And that's, that was the sort of uh, guiding principle there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It takes some getting used to rehearsing a presentation or pitch to a blank wall. Or to well, I think the <laughs> fact it that you're, you're rehearsing at all <laughs> <laughs> is
0: is a very good thing because I think most people, uh, you know, don't do that. We have a, we have a an unfortunate. It comes back to that idea we discussed before about not taking yourself seriously. I think the idea of rehearsal to a lot of Australians means uh, means that you're taking yourself too seriously. So we're much better taking a position at least, uh, you know. Uh, the, uh, the theory would be that, uh, we're much better off taking a position of she'll be right on the night. And of course we all know that, uh, often she won't.
1: Yep. Marcus West's final words, take yourself seriously.
0: That's it. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Don't be afraid to be a, uh, you know, the W word as, uh, as I say, there's nothing, there's not, nothing wrong with that from time to time. Don't go too far, but, uh, there's nothing wrong with taking yourself seriously. Love it. Yeah.
1: Marcus, thank you so much thank for you. joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Where can people go to find out more about 60 Seconds?
0: Yeah, 60seconds.com.
1: That's 60, the number six 60. 60. Six zero, the six numbers, zero. and
0: seconds.com. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks so much Thanks, and happy pitching.
1: So. <laughs> no. Thanks again to Marcus West for being my guest this week. If you're wondering what the W word is, it rhymes with banker, anchor and hanker. (laughs) To check out the app 60 seconds, go to 60seconds.com. I'll put a link to that as well as how you can get in touch with Marcus in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Marcus. That's M-A-R-C-U-S. Now, if you liked this episode, please don't keep it to yourself this world is big enough for more downloads. I'd really appreciate it if you could share it with someone. Share the Facebook post if this is how you found it. Share the show notes link, thecmethod.com slash Marcus. It helps to spread the word of this show and help more people to build confidence and speak and present like a rock star. And I want to help as many people as possible. I would love, love, love if you could do that. Share this episode. It would be a huge help. Alrighty. And to wrap up, just reflecting on one thing that Marcus quoted as you go forth into your day today or tomorrow, if you're listening to this at night, remember that all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. So how will you show up and play? Thanks for listening, you rockstar you. I'll see you same time next week. I cannot wait. Keep on being awesome, my friend. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. So I found out this week that The Commitments, the band, were were actually like a band from a movie. They weren't an an actual band. Anyway, I've got to watch that movie, The Commitments. (laughs) Anyway, I like this song.
2: Mustang Sally. Put your flat feet on the ground, yeah. All you wanna do is ride around, Sally. Ride, Sally, ride. All you wanna do is ride around, Sally. Ride, Sally. Where are my backup singers when you need them?